Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Three of them, just to recap the story, the three of them 
we're all protesting about gun violence because somebody just got killed in uh, in Nashville. And mm-hmm. all, they was on bullhorns and everything inside the chambers. That's what they claimed they got rid of them for because they was on a bullhorn and chambers talking out of order and stuff like that. But the white woman was right alongside of them complaining like just like they were. And she was on their side saying the same thing they were saying. But then when they voted to get rid of them, they got rid of the two black guys and kept the white woman. Claiming that she didn't have a bullhorn and the rest of that bullshit. But they know how she feels about the situation. She was in their camp on how they felt about stuff. But they still kept her and got rid of the two black guys. And she even said they kept me because I was white. She even said it herself. So my question is... uh, White folks being on the, you know, even when they caught up in a trick bag, how they still stay on the right side of white, you know? So, my question is what um, you think So, was she part of the discussion as well? Yeah, she was all in it too. She was. All three of them mm-hmm. are Democrats. They all three are Democrats, yep. and they were all complaining about the same thing. And they voted to expel the three of them, and they expelled the two black mm-hmm. guys and kept her. So that was the just Republicans uh, cut off the mic, cut off their microphones right. so that they would basically shut them up. Mm. And they were trying not to be wow. shut down. Mm. And the problem is that a lot, a lot of the, the, the Republicans are in bed with the NRA and everything like that. You know? Right. I know that. But they, don't want, they don't want people to speak. They don't want people to speak mm. on guns and all because they don't already lay down with the enemy. They mm-hmm. already financed their campaign and, you know, brought them mm-hmm. big houses and whatever else the NRA does financially. So right. it's just well, sad my, that it's my, true. My thing is, right, that is, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say my take on it is that maybe they they need to do things in a different way. I mean, you can talk about the, the gun reform and different things of that nature, but unfortunately, that's a delicate topic. And I'm not going to say no matter how you put it, but maybe they just needed to word it differently or voice their opinion in a different way. Um, there's a place and time for everything. Maybe just that was just not the place. Um, it's unfortunate. It's just like uh, uh, Kaepernick. You know, talking to someone earlier, talking about that, how Kaepernick, he was the catalyst to start things. Um, this is something he really believed in. So he, he, he knelt down. So, and unfortunately, he was blackballed for a long time. I think he didn't really get out of that until about three or four years later. But I think he finally found who he is in his voice um, and the things that he represents. Now people are, quote, unquote, understanding, I guess, the the white side of right, they're understanding what he um, knelt down for. So maybe they just need to understand us a little better and, and, and see from our perspective how, um, you know, these guns are a bad influence on, on our people, so to speak. Um, you know, you know the, the other side, which is the white side, you know, they may use their guns in, in different ways, but it just seems like these guns are killing more blacks. Um, from what I see um, from day to day, 
to me more than the whites. Um, maybe in some other countries or something like that, but in this particular city, it seems like more blacks are being killed by these guns. So, we, you know, I understand how they felt. So, but there's a time and place for everything. Maybe they, that wasn't the place for them to really do that. So, it's unfortunate. But I, I disagree. I disagree on that because, in my opinion, that was the place. They were having a, a debate on the floor on that topic. The Republicans have the control because they're the majority, you know, the majority uh, party. And it wasn't like, you know, they just came up out of the blue, you know, with this topic. That's the topic that they were discussing. And when the Republicans were basically just shutting them down and basically saying, we ain't trying to hear all that. You just had those two nine-year-olds, the principal and the security guard, killed right there in Nashville, what, less than two weeks ago? And they were saying enough is enough. And the Republicans were trying to basically just shut it down, shut the whole topic down. And they just weren't going to take it. Their constituents were saying enough is enough. And they were feeling like our job is to represent our constituents. The people who voted us in this job want us to speak out and demand that we get some kind of policy put in place on gun control. But because they are the minority party, the Republicans basically just kind of squashed it and said, you know, sit down and shut up. Not in those words, but, and, and that's where the issue began. And once they cut off their microphone so that they couldn't, you know, be heard across the whole chamber or the built the room, that's when stuff started to, you know, go into a whole nother evolution. So I disagree that that wasn't the time and the place. I think it was. That's what they were discussing. That's where they discussed these things. I think it was just, you know, it was unfortunate and downright rude to get your mic cut off when you're trying to speak, and the the folk didn't want to hear it, and then they want to sanction them, not just sanction them, but vote them completely out of their job. That was just extreme. I think there's other things they could have done to say you broke decorum, as they put it, by using a bullhorn or speaking out of turn or speaking beyond your time, whatever. There had to be something else that could have been done before you say, let's all get together and vote and get rid of them. That's just my opinion. Okay. Where are we going? Hmm. Well, we're going to talk about this some more later anyway. So, want to move on to the rundown, Kev? Sure, I'm ready. All right. All right. Okay. You, are, you good over there, Papa? Yes, I was actually swallowing. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. All right. Mm. Hold up. Please do that. Let me let me say one thing. Oh, you have Let me say one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, he's trying to get it together. All right, we'll come back to you after the rundown. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Okay. Go ahead with the rundown, Kevin. All right. In focus, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas says he hasn't required, he wasn't required to report trips 
the GOP donor, and also DC teen killed by police after uh, a waking in car, and GOP expulsion in Tennessee Hills hit a nerve. Our cocktail of the week, you're going to need one. After that, the hanky-panky cocktail. What's popping with Papa Didi? We got a light for us tonight. Uh, weird news, of course, we have to lighten it up. Rough day for man driving stolen school bus. Um, also, Buddy joins police force, for real. And Arizona Dairy Queen's big red spoon was found. I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up, the kitchen list, and the last words. So let's sit back, relax, and get your favorite cocktail. And we're going to be back with info. Hi, this is Papa Didi. You haven't heard of the Pajama Party, you're missing out. We got hot topics, hidden quitter headlines, what's popping with me, weird news, I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city again with me, the Hollywood wrap up the kettle, the cocktail of the week, the world's family kiss at this, and of course, the last word. We serve up each week on the Pajama Party Show. And nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at 914-803-4306 or listen at www.aintpajamaparty.com and also follow us on Twitter at AintPajamaParty. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. One here with Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Uh, let's see. Before I go to info, <sighs> I have one more comment. About yeah, that yeah. One thing I want to say, and you know what? Um, and what you were saying there, Kettle. First of all, what you were saying really has a little little half truth to it, as far as saying stuff at the right time. But but we have, what we have to understand that sometimes we, when we make statements like you just said, sometimes we make statements within our own generation, you know, which is a good thing because we have learned our lesson. But these two guys are very prominent young brothers. I mean, I'm just impressed with their their language, their behavior, their education. You know what I mean? If you listen to them on the news, mm-hmm. but the sad part about it, you know, experience sometimes don't come with age, you know, and that's what they're a victim of right now. They got great intellect. They got good intentions. They're strong-willed. You know, they remind you of young um, Martin Luther King's and Malcolm X's. And as you see, that's mm-hmm. a big threatening thing for white folks, which they showed in in broad daylight on live TV. Them white folks were... You know, it's so sad with white people. And like I said, you just keep in the back of your mind what I was saying about them being young. And they're talking like 24, 25-year-old guys like they are, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why they came out with real, with raw stuff, you know. Anybody in their 20s and 30s usually talking real raw, you know. And you're driving crazy, and that's why they, that's why the uh, rent-a-car people don't let you rent a car unless you're 25, right? Because they know what they think you're capable of. But uh, what I'm saying in a nutshell is that 
these brothers were showing real strength. So much strength that the white woman was hanging on to their every word, and she was their ally completely, and they knew that. But then when they voted, now all of a sudden the white folks knew that if we got rid of this white woman, it was going to be some flack. You know what I mean? But when you blatantly get rid of them and hold on to her, you still got flack. But white folks think that whatever they do to us will be, you know, it'll fall on deaf ears, and the next day when some new news comes up, they'll forget about it. But what the last thing I want to say is that what people don't realize with all these killings and everything, what I loved about the children that I've been seeing in the Tennessee schools that were walking out and doing demonstrations and all, one girl had a sign saying, I just turned 18 today, okay? Mm-hmm. So what the, next, what the next four years holds in this world is going to be very interesting because I think a whole new group of voters are going to come out that – the GOP is not going to see coming. You know what I'm saying? Because right now mm-hmm. they think that the people that supporting Trump and everything is the – that's why everybody, you know, um, the girl Marjorie Green and all that, mm-hmm. you know, they all think that they got it made because they got the Trump followers and they got the whole cult thing working. But looking at that girl's sign from that high school that said, I turned 18 today will tell you the story of a, a whole bunch of millions of people that are seeing people that got shot on during their time frame. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you go all the way back to some of the killings back in the, <clears throat> I mean, this is so many of them. But when you go back to some of them killings, some of the people that turned 18, 19 now, they, they were like 9 and 10 then, you know, 11, mm-hmm. 12 years old, which is very impressionable years. And they're bringing that anger, that strength, and that agility up. So for the next five years, I think all the crap they're doing is going to go full circle because these young people will come out of high school and start voting, and they're going to they really fuck some people up with their votes, you know? And it's going, it's going to change stuff right before your eyes because, you know, Marjorie and, and the guy, who's the guy from South Carolina? Uh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. They're all going to be getting old. You know what I mean? Older. And, you know, everything, they're not going to be so concerned. They're going to be retiring. And all the people that's in the background, they ain't making no noise, but living off of Trump's votes, uh, Rand Paul. There's a lot of people living off Trump's votes that ain't even talking. You know, the guy from Florida, who's the little guy that think he's the Mr. It guy. He just won his election. Um, I forget his name now, a little short guy. Mm-hmm. He keeps winning every time because he's following Trump. But when a new set of voters come out there, people are going to get off their ass and start running for an election again. Right now, they just sitting back winning elections like it ain't nothing, you know? So I just want to put that out there where it's going to be dawn of a new day after a while. So anyway, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, I just got a quick one on Clarence Thomas. Apparently, uh... Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is pushing back today against criticism uh, from a report that revealed that he has been secretly accepting lavish trips. Lavish. Lavish trips. Funded by a GOP donor over the past 20 years. 20 years. This has been going on, but he's never reported any of this stuff, which is a possible violation of federal law. So in a statement, Thomas acknowledged that he and, of course, his wife, Jenny, 
have joined this billionaire GOP mega donor, Harlan Crow, and his wife, Kathy, on a number of quote-unquote family trips during the more than a quarter century that they've known him. And he described uh, this the Crow couple, Harlan and his wife, Kathy, as just a couple of our dearest friends. They're just some of our dearest friends, he says. Now, he said early in his tenure at the court, he sought guidance from his colleagues and others in the judiciary and was advised that this kind of hospitality from close personal friends who did not have any business before the court was not reportable. Now, he didn't name names as as to who advised you, who told you this. He didn't say. He just says, I was advised early in my tenure, so that means a long time ago. Somebody told me that. So now the the guidelines are being changed as the committee of the judicial conference responsible for financial disclosure uh, is looking at, you know, what do we have to do to look at these guidelines and rules because apparently they have a problem with this because you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff. You know, it's too easy to get influenced by big money donors that are taking you out on what they call lavish trips. Lavish could be a trip around the world, a cruise, you know, whatever. And, you know, there's a concern that you could be bought. And I can clearly see how this could be a problem. So, you know, they're just going to look into it and determine, you know, what they need to do about changing the guidelines. So I don't think he's in any actual trouble per se, because that's why they're trying to change the guidelines. But once again, it's just another blemish on his already blemished record going forward. That guy, uh, this billionaire, is a Dallas businessman. and says he accepted lavish gifts from this Dallas billionaire nearly every year. And it included vacations on Crow's super yacht, trips on the billionaire's Bombardier Global 5000 jet, as well as a week each summer at Crow's private resort in the uh, Adirondacks. So the man clearly has money, and for some reason he keeps spending it on Clarence Thomas and Jenny. I think he's trying to slowly buy them over 20 years or more. Maybe they are friends, but it still doesn't look good. So. Right. So, so he so he's been doing all this before he became the judge. Is that right? Well, he said early in his tenure at the court that no, he asked been, for guidance. I'm so sure he's been, been. I'm sure he's been judge over twenty years. Yeah, he said early in my oh, tenure God. at the court, I asked for guidance on do I have to claim or report this, and I was told no. Mm-hmm. So now that it's come to the light and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's aware of it, now the body who deals with what should be reported and what not is now mm-hmm. saying, okay, we need to revise these guidelines because that's not cool. Right. So okay. that's what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. that situation with, uh, what was that lady's name, Anita? Anita Ward? Anita Hill? Anita Hill. Anita Hill. That that had to be thirty years ago, easy. Twenty five years, easy. 
That was a long time ago. They showed pictures of her and him when they were both very young when he first got nominated. But, you know, the thing that gets me on that, what really makes me, is the fact that what I noticed about everybody that's Republican that gets caught up in stuff, they use a strong arm, you know? Because when I heard them talking mm-hmm. on TV, yeah, I had, I had to report that. Rah, 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 rah. Everybody talks with the arrogance. It seemed like the Republican way to get out of stuff is with arrogance. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Green does it. Even the guy was out there at the uh, Trump. What got me, when Trump was in New York with his um, arraignment, the guy that lied to get in Congress was there supporting Trump. I'm like, you little lying, you little lying mofo. Santos, George Santos. Santos was out there in New York supporting Trump. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, you lied your way into Congress, and now that done went to bed because everybody forgot about that and moved on to other stories. So nobody's even questioning Mm -hmm. him anymore. Well, he's from New York, but like upstate New York. It doesn't matter where he's from, but he got in there illegally. No, no, I was just trying to remember, like, why was he even in New York? That ain't got nothing to do why he was there. He's there because he's trying to keep his constituents up so he can get voted again next year, Mm -hmm. next term. Mm -hmm. So it's just Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's just some, you know, everybody is trying to make free money. If you look at an election, to get voted in and become a congressperson, Once you swear on that thing, they hand you a medical benefit that is better than any medical benefit you can get, okay? Congress and senators, they got medical, dental, vision stuff that you wouldn't even, they ain't got to even do nothing. You know what I mean? They go to Walter Reed and they just go in the VIP section, you know? You only see, you only, you only know what interest they go in to, to get service, so... It's just unbelievable how how people nowadays are taking their life on their degree of uh, privilege to another level. But like I said, with the with the new classes of people coming out of high school and everything, all this stuff is going go to come to an abrupt halt when people start losing elections after a while. You know, it, I'm telling you, it's coming down. It happens every now and then when people that are real popular lose their job. I remember that one guy lost his job. Remember the guy from Virginia that wore the glasses that was always following uh, different people? Remember him? And he uh, lost his uh, he lost yeah, the primary. I can't remember who that was. Dark hair guy with curly hair wore glasses. He lost his bid in Virginia for the next thing. He lost his primary and he was out and it was like whoa out of nowhere. Yeah, and that's I can't what remember now. See, I've already forgotten. I think it began with a J, uh, Julius or something. I don't know. Anyway, he was a congressman from Virginia. Yeah, he was a congressman from Virginia. He was up and coming, and he was following different the other. He he was following the other speaker of the house around, not the uh, the one before uh, uh, Nancy. The other guy, Bain, what was his name? Bain Bayman or something. Remember him? He had a bar. Oh, Boehner? Boehner, Boehner, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah he was yeah. following Bain. He was Bainer's boy. He had uh, he had dark curly hair. His name. He was from Virginia. And he lost his election, and he was floored. Yeah. He was, oh, my God. Everybody thought he would just win mm-hmm. by, by default. Because him and Boehner were, like, good friends and all that, and all of a sudden he lost his bid, and that was it, boy. He was like, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen again. I'm telling you, when these young people come out of high school and they start teaming up and they start unifying, and which they are because 
a lot of them know people that got killed in these different things, and even people that, you know, the Spanish people that got killed over there at that school not long ago where 21 people got killed. There's a lot of, you know, they always say there's two or three degrees, six degrees of separation. So people know people, and that's the situation with with the judge. You know, um, what's his name? Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas. It ain't the fact that Clarence Thomas don't have dealings with that guy, but that guy may know people that get in trouble that he that Clarence may need to help, and they don't know that he knows him. You know. Yeah. When Clarence Thomas helps the yeah. pe- helps his yeah, friends out, you don't know that's his friends. That's like you getting caught cheating. You ain't got to get caught by the person you involved with. Somebody else could see you at the movies with somebody else. So he could be having Clarence Thomas help a whole array of people or, or companies or corporations that ain't got nothing to do with him, but it's his friends. So that's a bunch of crap saying he's got no dealings. All he got to do is not put his name on something, but he could be helping other people. I mean, it's, you know, it's, oh, my God. It's so easy. It's so simple. Everything is right there in front that people think they're hiding, but it's right out front. You know, they're hiding in plain sight. It's crazy. Okay, you're right. Anyway. All right. Uh, Kettle, over to you. In focus. What you got going on? Okay. All right. Um, A federal civil rights investigation has been opened. Unfortunately, another police uh, killing. Um, This is a 17-year-old young man. Um, They had body uh, camera footage and everything. This was um, D.C. police and um, the uh, park police. This was last month. So both police departments uh, found a gentleman by the name of Delano Martin. He was asleep in the car. Police believed to be stolen. Um, The park police got into the car, and after a struggle, Martin drove away with an officer still in the back seat. That officer shot Martin multiple times, the body camera video shows. So, um... The U.S. Attorney Office called the footage of the shooting extremely upsetting. And the mother wants to, um, you know, find out answers. What what happened? Um, you know, I mean, come on now. Here we go again. I just think this thing could have been resolved much better than, than um, what happened. Um, just another senseless killing. You know, I don't know if the guy, apparently the guy was sleeping in the car, and apparently the car was stolen. So they checked everything out, but I think things could have been just handled a different way. I mean, they have the body camera footage and everything, and they're saying that the um, Metropolitan Police and the U.S. Park Police, um, what they did was justified. So, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't see why that brother had to be killed. That was too much. Right, right. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't fear for your life because, the, I mean, even though he was trying to drive away, um, you know, it wasn't like he was trying to run somebody over. The police officer was in the vehicle. So, you know, I don't know. So they they had they had the car surrounded, and they entered the vehicle and attempted to restrain him, but. Um, you know, it just didn't um, turn out good at all. Wait, did you say that they entered the vehicle? They got in the vehicle while while he was asleep? Right. 
Yep. No, I don't understand. If they got in the vehicle and he was asleep, how did mm-hmm. – this doesn't add up. This is not adding up. Right. It, it's just – well, what happened was the Metropolitan Police got on the scene first. Then the Park Police came because in the area that it was, I guess, is the Park Police jurisdiction as well. So they were on the outside trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to handle this situation? So they did find out, like I said, that the car was stolen. Um, it seems like yeah. the back of the window was out. So one of the police officers reached in, opened the back door um, of the vehicle, and the gentleman, he was still asleep. And so I guess, you know, they startled him. He woke up. He didn't know what was going on. He could have thought maybe somebody was trying to rob him or whatever. But, um, you know, he was just thought a lot of his sleep. And um, they, you know, gave him a command to, to stop or whatever or to get out the vehicle. He um, decided to start the car and drive away. But um, that didn't happen because they shot several times. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was 17. My thing is, yeah, my thing is if, if a police officer gives you a, a command, just obey the command, and then we'll straighten it out later. You know, I, I think just simple things that we could do ourselves if, you know, you come on the situation again, that it can be resolved much better. Um, even if this guy drove away, they could have shot the tires or something, not shoot the guy literally in the back. Yeah, it's just senseless. It's crazy. I agree with that. I guess it all goes back to what we always say is the police training. I don't know if if that's not part of the training. Are they not are they told not to shoot tires? If if a if a perpetrator is trying to leave the scene in a vehicle, is there some rule or something in the training that says don't shoot the tires, shoot the person? I don't know. Mm. It just seems like that would have been an easy enough thing to do, especially if they were in the car. I mean, I know you can't always tell how old someone is, but, mm-hmm. you know, you were in the car. I, that still doesn't seem right to me. How in the world were they in the car, but somehow he still ended up driving away and he shot in the back? I don't know. Not making sense. Okay. You too quiet over there, Papa. I mean, did you hear about this incident? Uh, Yeah, I heard bits and pieces of it, like you said about the last story. But, uh, you know, sometimes they never say how many bullets was discharged on things, you know, because, you know, like I said, there again, when there's ever, you know, people of color that are the victims of something, people have no problem of unloading, you know what I mean? They just unload, and they don't even, they wouldn't even, just to keep the narrative in perspective, you know, they'll say, like I hear news in Philadelphia where they say guys were shooting up an area and they found 18 cartridges on the ground and blah, 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 blah. But when the police fires mm-hmm. his gun, you're not going to hear on the news how many cartridges were let out of that gun, you know, unless the investigation mm-hmm. warranted it. But uh, by the time that's done, they done already picked up the cartridges and, you know, they got it as a police situation as opposed to a victim thing. So, but that's just part of it, you know. But um, 
they just they shoot to kill. You know, people of color yeah. are being shot to kill. It's not about wounding yeah. or shooting a tire or nothing like that. If you notice every case that involves people of color, it's it's just you know they go out hunting hunting bear, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the perfect example is in Buffalo when that guy went in that supermarket and killed all those people. All of a sudden, he comes out in handcuffs. So what the hell is that about? Mm-hmm. You know, at I least in Nashville, that. you know they they shot the uh, the well they called the girl, but it's, you know transgender uh, situation with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was actually yeah. a boy. They weren't playing. They were, they were serious, yeah. Yes, they went in there and they got that person because they heard shots being fired, which will give you all rights to pursue. Fire back. And which is the sad part is that the situation happened in um, the other town with the little Spanish children or the, you know, the Latino mm-hmm. children. Oh, they, in Texas. In Texas, they didn't even go in. They stood out and they're standing in the hallway listening to shots. And the people and their yeah, parents are really yeah. pissed off behind that because they were just hearing pow, 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 screaming, crying, when all you got to do is follow the sounds of the gun. I mean, you gotta t- you're got to going to take the risk. But what gets me, too, is a lot of these cops, especially the ones in Texas, they walk around with all this yeah. ornament on, you know, yeah. in between time yeah. where you see them in the supermarket or the mall. They got the, you know, the... All the gear. All the gear. Yeah. They got the, the you know, the... Yeah, they're dressed for battle. Bulletproof vest. They but, got the, the gun on their hip. They got all of they got, the show. But these guys was in the hallway, and some of them wanted to go in, but then you had people, no, 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 we're waiting for... You're waiting for who? You know, waiting for what? And it just, you know, it was just... I mean, I'm not trying to rehash the story, but it's just really sad how different no, things no. turn out. And it just goes to show you that uh, everything has its own situation, and uh, it just seems that people of color is always on the on the deaf side of it, on a brutally, you know. And then the situation in in Memphis again, you know, when we were talking about earlier about the uh, Congress people, we'll get back to that. But uh, when when the black officers killed that gentleman, that would happen in Memphis again. So this is going to show you that those those black cops actually think that they done picked up on what you should do to black people from what they see. So they're treating their own people like you're already him in handcuffs. He was already on the ground. He was always saying, I'm I'm abiding, but you still wanted to whoop his ass for whatever reason. You know, that just shows your anxiety got away from you, and you just took it full bloom. And, um, you know, it's just sad. But I'll get off that soapbox. Okay, well, you're up next. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's your focus, uh, Papa Didi? Uh, my focus is this here. First of all, now, the situation in tech in Tennessee with those Congress people, if you if you listen to the honor of this situation, it's just so strange, you know, how the state is flawed with racism. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't realize that. People when they think of racial states they think about Ohio and they think about, uh, I guess, Texas to some degree. Uh, Ohio, Texas, uh, Florida. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, Kentucky. I mean, there's an array of them, you know. Kentucky, South Dakota, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, Alabama. 
South Carolina in some respect, uh, North Carolina and Virginia. I was going to say, don't forget Virginia. And Florida. Okay, these are the states that people have really established the fact that I'm just going to keep the tradition of stuff that had to do with my interests is what it boils down to. But if that's what you want to keep, then that's what you do. But you're aggressive with it. Your aggressiveness with it is a whole other story. You can have your belief about the Confederate flag. If that's what you believe in, then hang it, you know, on your property. But don't act like you got to put some force behind it because, you know, I, mean, I think, you know, black people at one point in the 70s and 60s and during the Vietnam War, you know, the flag was red, black, and green. It was just colors. It, it, wasn't, it didn't stand for nothing in particular. And, you know, people didn't take that and just blatantly put it in people's face like this. Because people know the reaction of the Confederate flag, so they use that as an arrogant move to upset people. You know, and they hang it and fly it and things like that. And some states just recently was told to take it down as a state. It went up like a state flag, you know. And because most of the time in the, in the South, even though they lost the war, when the northern people went back up north and reclaimed freedom for people and stuff like that, people down south were still there. They lost the war, but they said, fuck it, we down south. Now, they done left and went back up to Philadelphia and New York in Baltimore or New Jersey, but we down here down south. We lost the war, but we're going to keep our tradition going. That's why Virginia did what they did, and there's all kind of statues. And How many statues they even took out of Richmond in the last six months, like 25, 30? Because they just want to keep building shrines, building shrines, building shrines on what they are and what they have. But then you not even maintain the area because all those areas now are all black neighborhoods. So you didn't want to stay in those neighborhoods yourself. You want to go, you want to use your privilege to move to the suburbs, and you're going to bring black and Hispanic people down to the main city area where all the statues are, and they all live there now. So if you wanted to turn that area into a shrine of your heroes from back then, why the fuck are you moving out of that neighborhood? You know? They want to move on the outskirts of Virginia or the suburban line. And, you know, now all the statues is down with the Negroes in the hood. You know, now who who's looking at, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're saying, why? why we, then they read up, then the young kids read up on the names. And they say, wait a minute, this was a Confederate soldier. So now they're saying, damn, we got to get rid of this statue because it has nothing to do with the people that are currently living there. And this is why Richmond had to pull all this stuff up. You get a black mayor and a black governor and stuff like that. And, and you know, it's just. It's just it, it's not a mix, you know, but that's their thing, you know. But anyway, getting back to the story of Tennessee, I said that to preempt what I'm saying about Tennessee. Now, as we all know, just to recap the story, this happened in the capital city, okay? Every capital city has their own particular council, you know, council members. You have city council, then you have state council. These were state council people, all right? Now, the two brothers that uh, the two gentlemen at that were let go, they called, you know, just like school, they was expelled, like fucking high school, you know, they they were in their 20s, and then you had the other lady whose name was uh, Gloria Johnson, I'm not sure of her particular age, but they were all battling together because they were they were all pissed off because the kids and the adults, they just got killed in that school over there in uh, Nashville, and Nashville is the capital, which is, so what happened, happened right down the street from the Capitol building. 
you know. So Capitol building means the capital city. We're talking Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Trenton, New Jersey, you know, Austin, Austin, Texas. And this here is Nashville, Tennessee. So these gentlemen got up and was speaking on that they were pissed off because of stuff happened. They wanted to stop gun control. You know, some people, something happens, they just freak out with the guns. You know, kids are killed. Let's stop the guns. So they grabbed some bullhorns, and they was there on the chamber floors. They were now blah, blah, blah. So the people, now the Republicans, who don't like them brothers from the beginning because they're well-dressed, look good. One of them got a perfect afro like Michael Jackson. You know, so all these, you know, the level of imagery in the world, when you've got a certain look, people get jealous of that. Now, here's the other ironic aspect of the whole uh, capital in, in, in Nashville, Tennessee, where this stuff took place. The address of the capital in, uh, in Nashville is uh, 600 Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard. Okay? Now, imagine that. Now, it's, it's known as the birthplace of the Ku Klux Klan, but they renamed the street that the Capitol is on in Nashville as Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard. So I guess people kind of go in the Capitol or the councilmen, the black councilmen, kind of feel kind of strong because the street that the Capitol is on is named after one of their heroes. So they go in there speaking their mind. And to your point, Kettle, earlier, you said that it was a time and place for everything, which is true. But these two young brothers are in their 20s. So when we're in our 20s, we do some fast shit, right? We do some quick right. shit. We do some fast shit. We do some stupid shit. You know, we, we, you know, we just, we don't think. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure back in the day, anybody, when cell phones was out, you get pissed off somebody. How many people send somebody a, a, a text message that you wish you could bring back? You know what I mean? Now they got phones where you can you could disappear it or you can vanish it. But anyway, make a long story short, these two guys got really zealous about what they were doing. They got bullhorns, and the Republican GOP in the group they all got together. You know, they got their little posse together, and they don't like these brothers from the beginning. But the sad part about this story in Nashville is that there was a white woman with them, and she was Democrat also. So all three of them were. You know, in the, in the, in the uh, on the chamber floor, just carrying on about gun control. We need to pass some laws, yada yada yada. Now the Republicans are hating that for a couple of reasons. For one, like I said, they don't like the people from the beginning, the brothers from the beginning. So here's something now we can get on their ass. And plus, you know, who knows where the NRA stands with this as far as paying people off like they do. So they may have been in some of them Republican pockets. To, to not pass laws or whatever. We don't know. I'm speculating. But then what it ended up in is like, okay, we're going to put them on a little in-house trial to see if we can expel them. All three of them was up for this expel situation. So they got rid of the two guys, the two young young brothers. I mean, they're in their 20s, complete black hair, okay? And you know, in a gray hair nowhere. So they were in their young 20s. And a white woman. But the white woman was allowed. She did not get voted out. They said that she kept her job by one vote. Now, how the fuck did that happen, one vote? 
Who the hell did that little mathematic thing where she stated, well, she just happens to come on now. All y'all got together and said, all right, Harry, you vote for her. You didn't vote for him before, so they got out. Like, like we need four of you to vote for. If every, if you know how many people's voting, can't you come up with the number that's going to end up with? If you're the majority, mm-hmm. can't you dictate what the math is going to be? I mean, it's just, yeah. it was, it's, it was so crooked. And then what gets me is that the the white woman even admitted that she said, "Well, I don't know why they kept me and got rid of them. Maybe it's because I'm white." This was her exact words. I'm like, damn. Yeah. She actually said it. She said the only difference between us is the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. And now she has her job, and they're let go. So how that happened when they all three were complaining about the same thing, and you blatantly got rid of two and kept the one? That's just so ironically crazy. And I'm like, wow. But my and let me end by saying this. And people have their different views on stuff, talk shows and CNN, everybody's saying some people say, well, they should fight and all. And I listened to uh, Joe Madison, the talk show in the morning on uh, XM Radio, and they were talking about, well, they should fight for this and fight for that and yada, yada, yada. In my opinion, I think the guys should go somewhere else. You know, they're very, real smart guys. They know their politics well, and that's what fears people as well, is when young people know so much. Because if you look at both Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, they both was killed at 39 years old. 39 years old. You know? Mm -hmm. 39. Uh, Malcolm X was born in 1925, and he was killed in 1965. So he would have been 40 in a couple months. I think he got killed in February, and his birthday's in May. So he was 39 years old. Martin Luther King was born in 1929. He got killed in 1968. He had just just turned 39. His birthday's in January. He died in April, so he had already turned 39. But they both were 39 years old. Now, how many people? I know people that are 39 now that haven't accomplished shit. Okay? And these jokers, Malcolm X and... Martin Luther King, despite how you feel about people, but you know these people. So in order for people to know you and your name to make a difference, you have to have done something. And you don't have to praise anything. You don't have to praise Muhammad Ali or Joe Frazier or Bill Russell. But these are people that have done shit, you know? So say what you want about anything or anybody. And these young brothers was in their young 20s. It's like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X when they were in their 20s. They were doing stuff that people were threatened by. And they did the same thing in Tennessee as they did to these guys. They just didn't kill them. They fired them. Mm-hmm. Same aspect, the same getting rid of notion. So I'm going to leave it at that. We'll see what happens with these two gentlemen. And uh, their names, by the way. Let's get their names so we can embolden them. Uh... Their name is Justin. They're both they're both named Justin. Justin Jones. He's representing Nashville, and then you got Justin Peterson. He's representing Memphis. So the two Justins. Okay, just keep them names in mind. If you pull up the internet, you'll see them. One of them has a real like a straight hair, whereas this hair is straight with a ponytail. The other one has a perfect afro. So they're There's definitely. Some talk about them being reinstated. Yeah, but I don't know. Because of the public uh, shame yeah, but, that people are throwing at the GOP. But, there. you know, 
So just, I don't know. Sometimes you just go make a fresh start and, and, and flex your muscles in another direction or another place. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wouldn't go back to that joint because I know how my coworkers feel. So fuck them. Go do something else. Anyway. Okie dokie. All right. Wow. We're going to step off of that. If you want to give us a call and uh, comment on it, the number is uh, 914-803-4306. And press 1. If you're on the phone now, press 1, and you'll be put in the queue, and you can speak your mind. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, so that's, we'll take that's a lot of Both of those guys' names are Justin. That's just um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize. Are they both 25 or in their 20s? Let's say that again. They're both 25 or in their 20s? Mid-20s? Yeah, they're both in their 20s. I don't know exact age, but they're definitely in their 20s. Mm-hmm. They're oh. definitely in their 20s. And they're young. And they're smart. I mean, yeah, they're, very intelligent. they're intelligent. I mean, they were talking. That's, they, that's if you problem. listen to their speeches on the, the way they were talking, and, you know, what's so interesting is that mm-hmm. they knew people knew they were intelligent. And and most mm-hmm. people are threatened by that. People mostly impress yeah. your mind. How strong your mind is will really be the biggest threat. You know what I'm saying? When you mm-hmm. go in any environment, mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not the titties. Believe me, it's the you know it's your mind. Anyway, that was a joke. All right, we gonna take a break. Take a little CC yeah, break. We'll break. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back on the other side of the break with the cocktail of the week. Juice Sweet Ben Rouge, this is Red Wine, and if you haven't heard of the Pajama Party Show, you have been missing out. We've got Hot Topics, Hit It and Quit It Headlines, What's Poppin' with Papa Didi, Weird News, and I'm Just Saying with Me, Living for the City with Papa Didi, and the Hollywood Wrap-Up with Kettle, the Cocktail of the Week, my favorite, and the world-famous Kiss It List, and of course, The Last Word. We serve it up every week on A Pajama Party Show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at 914-803-4306, or you can listen live online at www.apajamaparty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at A Pajama Party. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. When your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. It's time for Kettle and the cocktail of the week. Week, week. What you got this week, Kettle? What you what you stirring All up at right. the bar? Yeah, hey, well, pretty good to me. It's called the Hanky Thank You. Oh. Interesting name. Sounds like trouble. Watch out there. (laughs) That's my middle name. Anyway, um, the Hanky Panky Cocktail is a sophisticated and intriguing um, cocktail. It's full-flavored drink featuring gin, uh, fernet, blanca, bronca, and sweet vermouth. Um, I guess you're trying to figure out what the um, fernet bronca is. Um, That is an Italian bitter. It's a liqueur made with a, a mix of herbs and spices. So oh, um, that's going to go okay. now. Hanky-panky. So 
So um, ingredients in the Hanky Panky is one and a half ounces of gin, your favorite gin. Mine is Palm Bay Sapphire. Also one and a half ounces of sweet vermouth and a half a teaspoon of the Fernet uh, Branca and also um, an orange twist. Um, so we're going to combine the gin, the sweet vermouth, and the um, vernet um, in a mixing glass, a uh, cocktail mixing glass. Fill the mixing glass with um, one handful of ice and stir it continuously for 30 seconds. Uh, then we're going to strain into a glass and garnish with an orange twist and serve. That's going to go into a, a, a coupe glass uh, once you strain it. So uh, enjoy. That is called the hanky panky. All right now, the hanky panky. Sounds good. I would try it. I like Jeff. Looks good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much. The cocktail of the week is brought to you by our parent company, DC Homegrown Entertainment. And with that, we're going back to you, Papa Didi. What's popping? What's popping? Well, since we did an array of this situation in um, Memphis, not Memphis, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, which Tennessee has really been in the news lately, heavy. But something we said earlier I want to go back on, we were talking about, uh, Kelly, maybe you said something about Kaepernick? Yes, kneeling. Yeah, right, kneeling and all that jazz, you know. And when we talk about all the racism that, that went on with that whole situation of those Congress people getting put out and everything, let's go back to that situation with Kaepernick from the beginning now. What gets me is that the people that set the rules on something that really doesn't have no real uh, – now, who who put the rules on the national anthem? You know what I mean? Good question. Who, who says that – and people get on the microphone at these stadiums and stuff. Now, this is a stadium now. You go in there to watch a football game, a baseball game, or whatever you're going to watch there. And I noticed they don't do it in tennis. At U.S. Open, you ever seen a national anthem in tennis? No. no. They don't or fuck with that. Either. Or golf, right, exactly. But football and all who's making all the money, you know, I, I, mean, see, I only see it in basketball. But football, where they know everybody's watching, they want to put on a spectacle. But they really don't because half the stuff you don't even see on the camera on football because they're so busy making money that there could be a play that was important and they was in a commercial or didn't come back soon enough. And I was saying, while you were gone, such and such, here's an instant replay. Well, I don't want to see a fucking instant replay. I want you to stop that that, uh, Chevy truck commercial 10 minutes sooner so I could have seen the goddamn play. You know? But nobody cares about that. But they can get their little commercials in. You know, T-Mobile and everybody else. Boom, 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 boom. And you come back and they already done kicked the kickoff off. And they're on the 20-yard line about to hike the ball. You ain't seen the kickoff, the run back, or nothing. And then they show an instant replay to satisfy you. That goes on a lot, believe me. But let's get back to the national anthem. You got the guy that gets on the mic and stuff, and he says, and I quote, If you can, will you stand up, remove your hat, and sometimes they say, and put your hand over your heart. Now, they don't know what religion that you are in. You could be a, 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 a Muslim that came here from Saudi Arabia or, you know, Egypt or somewhere, you know, or the Middle East. And you you don't have nothing to do with that flag 
you know? That's not your original country. How many people in there, that's not their country? Some people in the audience are from Guatemala, they're from here, and everybody got their own flags. But when they say to do this, and then if you don't do it, now here's some hillbilly motherfucker that think he's so patriotic, looking out of the room like a damn Karen, you know? Hey, bud, you want to stand up and put your hand on your heart? And he looks like a fucking hillbilly with nose piercings and all kind of bullshit and and, and all kinds of uh, swastikas on his arms and shit, and he's telling you how to stand up for the fucking American flag. He looks like a piece of shit, all fucked up, drugged out and shit. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy the people that think that they're actually running this world and telling other people what to do when they should look in the mirror at their own goddamn selves. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I but never understood up. why they do the anthem in front of a game anyway. But then when Kaepernick didn't stand up, and this was what really took him out of business was the time when Trump was the president. Oh, he's unpatriotic. Yeah, if I was the, if I owned that team, I'd get rid of his ass. You know, all this arrogant being stewed by by a joker like Trump, who's who's his biggest phrase is I just grabbed their pussies. Now, how the hell are you talking so patriotic about the flag when you're trying to fuck everything moving? You know, the contradictions of life is just crazy, man. People that do the worst shit on the other side of their life try to be so professional with other shit. And it's like, well, damn. You know, and we just sit back as as black people and just watch all this shit every day. Some of the most fucked up people in the world want everybody else to behave so patriotic when deep down inside they got more crap going on with them than you can shake a goddamn stick at. And this happening every day, more and more prevalent all the time. With everything we see in the world, the Karens of the world. You doing something in the parking lot. I see people, you doing, here come a Karen saying, no, you know you're not supposed to be parking there. And they're telling you it's supposed to park in a handicapped spot. And you about to put the handicapped sticker on your, on, your, on your mirror. I'm like, bitch, why are you paying attention to my life? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We all both came up here to the supermarket to buy our shit. What made you stop in my car and tell me what the hell to do with my life? It's amazing. And it's mostly with, with black folks, how we're just being victimized by everybody to think that they've been deemed to be our babysitters. Mm-hmm. And that's just some crazy shit. So I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to get off my soapbox. Okay. Karens need to go sit down and shut up. I even see Karens in training. Oh, God. You know? That's kind of frightening. Yeah, it is very much so. <laughs> All righty. Well, it is. I know. It's time for the weird news. And I'm jumping in first. I got one for you. This is a rough day for a man driving a stolen school bus. This guy was in York County, Pennsylvania, got arrested Tuesday morning after allegedly... I don't know why they say allegedly, because that's what he did. Allegedly leading officers on two separate vehicle chases in two different counties. This guy was busy. It all started Tuesday after Pennsylvania state troopers stopped a BMW with Florida plates and questioned the driver. His name is Tony Saunders. The, The local TV station reported that the troopers said they could see items in the car Saunders was driving that appeared to be from a nearby convenience store where theft had been reported. However, Saunders t- 
told the police that he got these items at a junkyard. Then there was allegedly a dog in the vehicle and a dead deer in his trunk. Why he was carrying a dead deer in the trunk, I don't know. But allegedly Saunders drove away when the troopers asked him to get out of the vehicle and turn off his headlights, and that's when the chase started. So he reportedly had to leave the BMW because he couldn't maneuver it over some railroad tracks, and then he ran into the woods. And then later, law enforcement agencies were notified that a school bus had been stolen. So they're, you know, trying to find that. Then the school bus got spotted at a shopping center parking lot, parking lot where they caught up with it. The driver pulled over briefly, but then pulled away and kept driving. And the driver led the officers on another chase that ended after he abandoned the bus when he jumped out of the bus on foot, stripping off his clothes naked, close to naked as he ran. <laughs> like, dude, what were you doing on Tuesday? Police apprehended the guy, Mr. Saunders, who allegedly uh, admitted that he stole the school bus after he crashed the BMW that they stopped him in earlier. And then he claimed he was going to use the dead deer carcass that was in the trunk to fertilize the garden. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is all over the place. But you can rest safely, rest, rest peacefully, because Saunders is still locked up in the York County prison in lieu of $100,000 bail, according to the court documents. Oh, they locked his crazy behind up. I'm like, wait a minute. Where was this? This was in York County, Pennsylvania. And he said that dead deer, he was he was going to take that home to fertilize his garden. I never heard anybody fertilizing a garden with a dead animal. Not like that. Right. Anyway. Wow. He did all that to fertilize it. Oh, yeah. He was just why too busy. Why couldn't he just go to the go to the local Home Depot with Moses or something? <laughs> hey, well, why would you steal a vehicle? Why would you steal a school bus? You know, this man clearly was not going to do the logical thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Keep it moving. What you got? Let's see what we got. I guess. Okay. Okay. So this. Uh, we're on Easter. You guys gave me the bunny one. Okay, interns. I'm going to get these interns. Um, <laughs> Officer Cottontail, bunny joined police force. For real. I mean, for real. Uh, some bunny, also known as Officer uh, Ashley Carson, found a lost rabbit last year in the middle of Percy Avenue in Yuba City, California. Carson scurried back to the police station and handed the rabbit over to animal control who could find neither hide nor hair of the bunny's family. In a hopping ending, <laughs> okay, a police service analyst adopted the allegedly docile and uh, friendly animal and named him Percy. The Yuba City Police Department, about 40 hopping miles north of Sacramento, announced the rabbit's promotion to the rank of wellness officer just days before Easter Sunday. <laughs> officer wow. Percy lounges at the police department during the day and is a support animal for all. 
<laughs> okay. The Easter okay. Bunny could not be reached for comment. Case closed. <laughs> okay. So they call oh, it a okay. animal. Okay. Yeah. Wellness officer. If you if you see this uh, bunny, I'm telling you the picture was cute. He was in a little police officer uniform. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was just going to ask that they give him a uniform, thinking that they would answer would have been no. Okay. Yes, they did. Yes, they okay, did. Okay, Officer Bunny. Not too much crime going on around this. We got time to play with uh, Peter Cotton. Taylor, I guess I don't know. Well, at least that's mm. one officer that won't be shooting black folks. Okay, moving on. Uh, well, well now. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm just okay. saying. All right, uh, mm. Papa Didi, what's your weirdness? All right, this should look like something we read before. What you got? It's a follow-up. Yeah. The Arizona Dairy Queen Big Red Spoon found. Oh, they found it. Okay. I'm sure they're happy. This story has so many twists and turns to it, it's not even funny. Now, now, the owners are, are Roman and Pooji. Uh, Karima, okay? Sounds Middle Eastern to me. Well, something of that particular uh, Middle Eastern flavor. Now, the last story we read was the fact that they own, it was alleged that they own a Dairy Queen. Come to find out, they own 34 franchises of Dairy Queens, okay? Which means somebody else is running their store and paying them money, Okay? And they have a whole chain of it in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's hot as hell. So I'm sure ice cream and water ice and all that stuff sells well, okay? That's a good point. But they were talking about they saw somebody steal a big red spoon that was on the side of their wall. That's the old story. Mm-hmm. They claimed that surveillance video saw somebody in a pickup truck with a flatbed on the back of it, put it in the flatbed and drove off. Okay, pickup truck, flatbed, Arizona, who you think stole it? Okay, now, okay, not a lot of my black friends have pickup trucks with flatbeds in the back of it. You don't think it was Jamal in there? No, I don't think it was Jamal. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so we read the story last week. They're, they said, yeah, we're trying to see who's doing it. In the meantime, we got some T-shirts made up that says, where's my spoon? Now, the T-shirt sold out like hotcakes because everybody thought it was clever. Now, here's a immigrant family that came over here. Now they have 34 franchises. And they're still digging in the pot trying to make more money by turning this old red spoon that's hanging on a wall that got stolen Instead of just taking your rich ass and buying another one, you're going to put it in the news, social media, make a joke about it, get more customers to come in, start selling T-shirts, propaganda up the ass, okay? And people say, oh, no, that's good business sense. No, you just got money to burn, so you're trying to make money, you know? And I guess that's free enterprise, so that's The American way. Yeah, well, if you was American, but... Well. Seems like everybody knows the American way but us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well. and I'm not saying that people can't do what they want to do. Go and do your thing. But damn, stop being a bullshit artist, you know? 
Let me just buy some of your Dairy Queen and keep it moving. You ain't got to sell me no damn T-shirt. I can go to the mall well, and get that. Get on. What's that? What happened with What's the spoon? Did they find it? Yeah, they found the spoon. The spoon was in the trash somewhere. It was Somebody had found a spoon, and it was behind the dumpster somewhere. And they said a guy found it, and he... He heard about the story and took it to the police and all that. And they ain't getting nobody no reward, you know. Oh, Dad. There I was no they reward nice issue. Reward. They they sold more T-shirts. They said that we were going to get a new spoon, but the spoon was going to cost us $7,000. I'm like, well, damn. You got 34 franchises of a water ice and, and ice cream place in hot-ass Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you can't. They wanted more, more, Like more. I said, people in the world today aren't looking at the big picture, okay? I think like we're, we're being suckered by everybody. I mean, you name it, man. Home Depot, Lowe's, Amazon, they all got our, their finger by our wazoo, man. You know, I'm going to find one little piece of something for uh, the sink, and I got to walk three times around Home Depot trying to find it. You know what I mean? Put them going, on the kiss list. Going on the hardware stores where something is in a certain section. Now I'm walking all over the store to find something that's, you know, where's it at? Oh, that's over by the such and such, such and such. Damn, you know. So anyway, they found this spoon, and and like I said, it's a follow-up from they lost the spoon. We read this story before, but now they found a spoon. So I wonder what gimmick they're going to come up next when the T-shirt stops selling and the spoon is no more hot news. You know, what other gimmicks you got? I guess they'll come up with a new shirt that says the spoon is back. Yeah, here's a picture of the spoon. The spoon is back. Come get not. some ice cream. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> American Dream. Okay, there it is. The red, white, and green. For the money. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we're coming back on the other side with I'm Just Saying. You are listening to the original Pajama Party with Papa Didi, Red Wine, and myself, Kettle. You can listen to us on Deezer, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. So sit back and get your favorite cocktail and listen to your favorite pajama party crew wherever you get your podcast because we are everywhere. Hi, welcome back to the pajama party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm your with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Okay. All right. Take it away, red wine, but I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying tonight, I just wanted to talk about some historical information that I found out, and I don't know if everybody is aware of it, but given that this is a holiday weekend coming up for Easter, I was looking at some information about the origin of Easter Monday as far as black folks going to the zoo on Easter Monday. I don't know if everybody's old enough to have done that when they were coming up, but for me and my family, we used to do that. And as I got older, I used to wonder, like, what is this about? 
Like, why are we all going to the zoo on Easter Monday? Like, it was specific on Easter Monday. So I came across this article in Essence, uh, Essence Magazine, and they were breaking down the history of it. And it turns out that the history of black people going to the zoo on Easter Monday, it goes all the way back to when the White House started hosting the annual Easter egg rolls all the way back in 1878. Black folks were not allowed, surprisingly, right, to attend. 1878, no black people could come to the White House Easter egg roll. And then in 1891, a lot of black families started, it became a tradition, but it started 1891, black families started gathering at the Smithsonian Institute's National Zoo on the Monday after Easter. And the practice became known as just Easter Monday. And it kind of became like a pseudo holiday for black domestic workers uh, during that time who were barred from going to the traditional White House Easter egg roll because of segregation and because the majority of them were working on Sunday, on that Easter Sunday, you know, because people, white folks were having different things going on for the holiday and they expected their domestics to be there. So black folks would say, okay, we'll do our celebration for Easter on the Monday after. And it just became known as Easter Monday. So then the whole Easter Monday at the National Zoo started to just catch on and really became a thing. And by around 1919, the attendance had picked up to over 55,000 folks, our folks, that would come to the National Zoo on Easter Monday. They would be there with the kids, grandmas, the grandpas, everybody would come out and they would be dressed. They would all come out, hang out. You could spend the day looking at the animals. You could have picnics. Um, you know, of course, the kids were enjoying it, and they did the Easter egg roll there at the zoo, and they used to do it on this hill that they called uh, Lion and Tiger Hill there at the zoo. So as time went on, the tradition continued to just continue. And over time, the National Zoo has expanded it to include things like African storytellers, performances, gospel groups, a cappella groups, um, all kind of things, dancers, double dutch jumping competitions, steel drums, reggae bands. I mean, they they go all out for it now. And I just thought it was interesting to know that that's how the whole Easter Monday and black people going to the zoo thing started. It really started over segregation because the White House did not want black folks rolling eggs on their grass. Like, like that's some big thing, special thing. But they didn't want black folks there to be part of it. So the black people said, okay, cool. We'll roll eggs the day after when y'all not bothering us. And that's how Easter Monday and black folks going to the zoo became a thing. So on Easter Monday this year, if you guys decide to keep the tradition going, take your family and go on down to the zoo. Have a picnic, have some treats, and take the kids to see the see the critters. It'll be nice, and you'll know that you're keeping a long time black family tradition going. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, Happy Easter! Go to the zoo on Monday.
Good tell. That was a good one. Yeah, who knew? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I knew it had been going on for a long time, but I didn't know it went back that far, and I didn't really realize why or how it started. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Well, well I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking a little further. It says Easter Monday was a public holiday in North Carolina mm. from 1935 to 1987. Oh, okay. Interesting. Why does I wonder why did it stop? But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good night. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Papa Didi, we're back to you. Living for the city. What you got? Well, I'll be brief. I want to talk about that uh, that little fiasco that old girl put her foot in her mouth, you know, the president's wife. You know, that was very interesting. And uh, Oh, yeah. They were able to smooth that over without embarrassing her too much. You know, I don't know what she was thinking, but she was just trying to keep that whole tradition of, uh, like I was saying before, how they want to, you know, they get so overzealous with the whole girls, 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 women, women, women thing. And, you know, I guess, you know, that would be argumentative for some people. But uh, sometimes it gets out of hand because some people just want to take everything to the full extreme of it. And she was a victim of it or she was an advocate of it. You know, she went to the game, the NCAA championship, and she sat down on the first row there, and she got in so much into the game. And everybody was expecting the great white hope to come through. A girl named, I think her name is Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. And she played for Iowa. And Iowa had just blew out this other team. And Caitlin Clark has been showing her ass the whole time, you know, putting her hand in front of her face like that guy, um, the wrestler, saying, I can't see you by waving his hand. And she's been doing that throughout the tournament every time she beat somebody. So everybody expected Iowa to win the national championship. So the game came on that night, and it really looked like the whites against the blacks because Iowa is straight white, a lot of white girls, and LSU is New Orleans or not New Baton Rouge rather, and that's they have a predominantly black squad on that team, but just you know Baton Rouge anyway, you know. So anyway, she's watching Caitlin Clark of Iowa who whooped the, the whooped the girls. Uh, uh, South Carolina won the championship last year. So Iowa beat South Carolina in order to get in the championship against LSU. So that was the championship game on Sunday night. And the president's wife was in attendance. So it didn't turn out like they thought they would because they thought Caitlin Clark, the place for Iowa, was going to do her thing again and beat LSU and win the national championship of the female basketball tournament. But them sisters came through. They ended up whooping their ass 102, I think, to 85, whatever the score was. But now the fact that everybody was so disappointed that Caitlin Clark was just so hurt and she didn't win, and then they showed the black girl waving her hand in her face and pointing it to the ring finger. Now, doing what Caitlin Clark had been doing to everybody else, but now the black girl done it, they called her rude, disrespectful. Why are you doing that? You trying to be funny. And the sister came out at the press conference and said, well, I'm doing it because Caitlin did it. Caitlin been doing it through the whole tournament. Y'all ain't seen nothing to her. But y'all look at me like I'm ghetto and I'm, you know, I'm hoodie 
I mean, she, she, I was so proud that sister speaking up for herself at such a young age, you know, like we said about the boys in Tennessee, people of a certain age, they just, they come out with it, you know, and, and I just think that the racist people in the world better get used to that because people between 18 and 24, boy, they ain't going to recognize them in five years, you know, because people are going to be fired up and they're going to be uncensored and they're going to have no you know, they're going to have no filter, and they're going to be getting it in. So, but anyway, getting back to the president's wife, she said in the press conference after the game that it was a wonderful game, and we look so forward to, you know, LSU. And what what I want to do is, being the game was so good, I would like LSU and Iowa to both come to the White House. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't, you know, so here's the president's wife before she backed off of it. Yeah, I think it was such a great game. We're going to invite both teams to the White House. Everybody was like, what the fuck? So eventually the whole sports world got behind it and said, no, no, Mrs. Biden, that don't work, okay? The winners go to the White House. The fucking losers go home, all right? Just because you sat there and you saw that little white girl, Caitlin Clark of Iowa, and she's very good, but she lost. But as white would be, you know, she wants to be on the right side of white and let the girl come to the White House. Well, let her win a goddamn championship. So now, because the, the sister, too, that was waving her hand in her face, she said, that president's wife, she, that's crazy. She said, I don't believe she said that, you know. I don't, she said, is that a joke? That was her term. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the fact that, you know, why are you, you know, why don't we just, how do you do that? You know, you can't let, if you're going to, you're going to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, what, you going to bring the Eagles there too? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not if they lost. The Eagles lost. So why is Biden shaking hands with the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs? What's the point? What's the point of winning and going to the, White House, when you the loser's right there with you. And in, in matter of fact, you ain't really liking that team right now if you're the loser. And when the president's wife said that, boy, she backed off of that the next day saying, well, you know, I just thought it would be nice. Man, but I understand. No, you didn't. You don't understand yesterday, honey. Because you put your foot in your damn mouth. And the whole sports world, every channel, ESPN, FS1, you name it, Fox Sports, they said, Psh. Shoot, that president's wife and lost her fucking mind. <laughs> you think the losers are gonna yeah. be in there with the winner? They had her looking real crazy. Man, it was Tom Brady in there with the New England Patriots? What you gonna do? Have the, the you know the 49ers in there with them that they beat? So she got the lesson. So just want to put that out there that the president's wife backed off of that shit and said we look forward to LSU coming to the White House. Mm-hmm. There you go. So okay. But just to add on to that, I did read uh, some stuff where I kind of am like I'm had enough now of Sister Girl riding on all of her win from LSU. What's her name? Uh, one of their star players from LSU? LSU. Yeah, the one that made the statement about yeah. Mrs. Biden sounding crazy and all. Yeah. Because it turns out, of course, when the White House invitation came, she had already put it out there in social media and anywhere else that would listen that I'm not going 
if they're going to go, or I think she just said, I'm not going. And then the losing team from Iowa have, uh, you know, they weren't going anyway since it all worked out the way it did. So the team has said, we're going to the White House. The girlfriend already put her foot in her mouth saying, I'm not going. And I'm like, now, see, now, now you're starting to sound crazy. You, I understood where she was at first. I was all behind her. But now I think she's doing too much. That's just my opinion. Yeah, well, when you start talking about, nah, I'm not going to the White House. She went even further and said, I'll go see Barack. I'll go see Michelle. I'm like, oh, y'all, you on a first-name basis now, and you want to throw all of that out there. Barack and Michelle Obama did not invite you anywhere as of yet. So you just mm. saying, I'm not going, but if it was the Obama, I mean, that's the way she's phrasing it. And I'm like, you know, just just relax. Well, no, relax. I, I don't I don't agree with anything you said. You know, that's okay. totally wrong. Because I'm not wrong. All, that's my opinion. Right. But let me say this here. I'm saying I think she's doing too much now. So why do we always beat up on the second person? You ever notice that? I'm not beating up on her. Yeah, I'm just are. saying yes, I think she's doing a little too much now. Well, but but she's a champion. Okay. Yeah, but her whole team is going to the White House. But, but but going to the White House is not really a a strong thing that you're going to be missing. You know, you get a picture, a photo op, and all that. But she's a she's a champion, and yeah. she's in her twenties, so she's speaking her mind. So we cannot take our beautiful, strong black women that everybody wants them to be, and then say what you don't like about them on the back end. So what you going to like her or not like her? Because white folks are already. I'm, I'm not down. talking about her as a person. I'm yeah, saying well, that I think right now she's saying a little bit too much. Yeah, but as a black, but as her. black on black, white folks is already turning her over on the coals. What you going to do? Put the lid on it? No, not at all. Well, you're that's misunderstanding you everything no, not that misunderstanding I'm saying. Nothing. I believe so. Let the young because girl. I'm saying everything. That's what I'm saying. Nah, but they're I'm saying that she's you know already said I'm something. rejecting the White okay. House situation. Right. Okay. The rest of the team is going. Okay. If there is no supposedly there's no I in team, then don't set yourself apart. You know what? From your team. You speaking that as a woman of a certain age. You cannot put yourself in the mindset, time frame of anything of somebody in their 20s. That's how they think. That's what they say. That's what they believe at that time. And let the girl history will, she'll see the video of her history 20 years from now. Yes, Everybody she will. sees it. She absolutely Magic Johnson will. saw it. Everybody who was anybody that's, that's all I was sees saying. their history. It's just my opinion. Okay, and well, I'm saying that I just think, you know. I understand that, but the girl me. is a champion. Let her bask in her glory, okay? I'm not saying not to. And if she don't want to go to the White House, that's her business. She don't have to go. What, they ain't giving her no pen. The no. NCAA is giving her that's a ring, not Biden. That's why I said you're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying perfectly. she has to go to the White House. All right. I just don't want you to put down your black people. And I'm not putting her down. That's why I, say, I keep saying you're not hearing what Be I'm saying. Be thankful she whooped that girl's I'm ass that night. Ease up. She's because your future is still ahead of you. Yeah, you don't well, want to be marked as... You're not her mother, so lighten up. You're not her mother. Here we go. Let's uh, move on. Let's take a break. You're talking like Let's a mama. A mama. Okay. Yeah, yeah she's mama hen over here. Lighten up, mama hen. We're going to take a break. 
before I throw something at Papa Didi. Kettle? Ooh, Kettle. Let's take a break. See, okay. now you're looking for yeah. allies. See? Looking for allies. See? Yeah. Always looking for allies. Come on, throw your own bombs you're at me. You're listening to the Pajama Party Show on Blog Talk Radio, WPJP. Call us on 914-803-4306. And press 1 to be in the queue so we'll know you have something to say. We'll be right back. I am Kettle from the original Pajama Party. If you haven't heard Pajama Party Show, you've missed out. We've got hot topics, hidden and quitted headlines, what's popping with Papa Didi, our weird news, I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up, of course, the cocktail of the week, and uh, the world-famous cookie list. And, of course, you can't forget the last word. We serve it up each week on the Pajama Party Show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 914-803-8306 or listen live at www.avajamaparty.com You can also follow us on Twitter at avajamaparty Welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm Winnie Hose Papa D. Name here with Kettle. Hello. Great one. Bonsoir, darling. All right. It's time to get the Hollywood scoop with Kettle and the entertainment for Hollywood wrap-up. All right, Papa D. You ready? Yep. Intro. All right. Hollywood. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, Hollywood. Take it away there, Kettle. All right, we haven't heard this name in the news, uh, Kanye West. Donde Academy hit with wrongful termination lawsuit. Um, we're standing up because we're because it's the right thing to do, said a former employee of the school. This is the um, Donde Academy, named after his mom. Um, three directors of his controversial uh, Southern California private Christian school down the academy, they filed a wrongful uh, termination suit. Um, for a press conference sent to the uh, Roots former DA employees, Cecilia Haley and her daughter, um, Byers, alleged that they were let go from their position as teachers last month in retaliation for reporting code violations and that they were um, discriminated against um based on their race and illegally uh, had wages withheld. Wow. Prior to this um, firing, Haley had been working for the school since 2022, while Byers was recently um, brought on back in January of this year. Um, interesting. Okay. The code violation the two women claim were present include teachers not being trained to provide basic life support. No appropriate disciplinary procedures were led to numerous instances of assault and bullying that went um, unaddressed. Wow. A whole lot is going on in the Donde Academy. 
Um, I thought he had closed this academy for real after his mom passed, but apparently not. I guess he's trying to keep that going on. But uh, I guess we'll just follow this case and see what happens. Kanye, you just can't stay out the news. Um, also, actor William H. Macy, he's being sued for $600,000 um, after a neighbor accuses him of chopping down his trees. Um, according to a new legal document, the neighbor Pierce Brown claims that Macy uh, workers took down trees that were not on his property. Um, Brown believes it was on purpose despite this shameless act of describing it as an honest accident. Um, I don't think that's an accident. Mr. Macy, the actor, he um, removed trees off this gentleman's this neighbor's property. Um, while he was out of town. So um, I guess they've been going back and forth to speaking about different things um, about these bushes. Um, and uh, Macy's, I guess he got paid up. He removed the bushes. So his neighbor's suing him for $600,000. So we shall see. I mean, some, some expensive trees, I see. So we'll see. Follow that one as well. Um, four-time Grammy Award winner Lizzo has shared her deep-felt reaction as a longtime Star Wars fan. Uh, she's going to um, uh, she's going to be in the cast of um, uh, Mandalorian. Um, this is a what a Star Star Wars trilogy. Um, I'm quite sure you know more about that red wine, but um, she was elated that uh, she was going to join that cast. So. Okay, well, Lizzo. Yeah, shout Lizzo. out to Lizzo. I think this is her year. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's, um, you know, everybody has their own year, and I think this is Lizzo's time. Um, hey, look, Lizzo said, you know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> look, she's 30-something, so she doesn't pay her dues. So, you know, she's worked hard for different things. So, hey, kudos to her. Uh-huh. Also, um, Brooke Shields, haven't heard her name in a while. Um, Pretty Baby Brooke Shields, um, this is a documentary about Brooke Shields' life. Um, it it starts on Hulu. It started uh, about a week ago, and April the 3rd. Um, this navigates um, her Calvary line days to uh, her motherhood. Um, she has two um, daughters now, but um, he talks about how she was... Um, uh, such a big sex symbol back in that era. Um, she was really being exploited by her mom. Um, she speaks out about that. I mean, you know, like I said, now she has two daughters of her own. So um, it's going to be interesting to um, I would I would buy checking out myself. Um, I was always okay. a Brooke Shields fan back in the day. Because um, she started with, what, Calvin Klein jeans. And from there, everything just um, went up and up. For so, right. Yep. She's a spokesperson um, for Lazy Boy, right? Huh? Isn't she now a spokesperson for, is it Lazy Boy Furniture? Yes, yeah. I see her on, on commercials all the time. Yeah. Okay. And last but not least, um, Hulu is uh, Hulu's on a lot. Um, they are... Um, doing a documentary on, uh, uh, it's called Freaknik. Freaknik documentary is coming to Hoover. 
Um, this was back in the 80s and the 90s was a festival um, that uh, originated in Atlanta. And all the black Ooh. colleges would get together um, that particular uh, day and um, just hang downtown. So it was a big festival. I guess it was music mm-hmm. and some other things. It was party. Um, somebody said one of the wildest parties ever. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, Freaknik, they carry yeah. it on. Yeah, so it was a majority, what, HBCU, um, it was a big picnic, it was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and um, so Lou and Lou's going to introduce that documentary, so I'm, I'm going to check it out, it's called Freak Nick 94, um, that's the name of the documentary, no, I'm sorry, wow. Freak Nick, the wildest party, never, that's the name of the documentary, so, oh, okay, uh, interesting. All right, that's my Hollywood wrap-up, short and sweet tonight. All right, thank you so much. Got it in. Yeah, that Freaknik started back in the 80s, and I guess, I don't know when the last one was. I guess it was in the 90s. But that was a big thing. Folk would be like, you going to Freaknik? And they would go down there and seriously, like, as Sheik would say, freak out. They had a blast Mm -hmm. down there. And Hotland. Mm-hmm. All righty. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're down to the Kiss It list. Uh, let's see. The Kiss It list is a list of people that we call out that's been showing their entire behind for this current week. And I'm going to start out with Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green was up in New York. Talking trash, not just trash, talking stupid. Let me rephrase, talking stupid. She was up there with the people that were protesting Trump's arrest for the indictment of ex-President Trump. She got up there, and aside from all the other crazy things she usually says, she said, well, you know, he was arrested, but, you know, other great people were arrested Jesus was arrested, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? what? Are you trying to compare, what, what, wait, what, huh? I said, you know what, Marjorie has bumped her head in the same place twice. It is something really wrong with her. Wait, what? Exactly, wait, what? <laughs> so, I forgot who else she referenced. She said so somebody else was arrested, and then she said Jesus was arrested. So she's trying to say Trump's in good company. I'm like, girl, please, go sit down. Sit down and never get up. Also, I've got Judge Clarence Thomas for his non-reporting, which he claims he was told he didn't have to report all that luxury travel, luxury whatever he's been getting from his billionaire friend for the last 20-plus years. I'm like, come on now. You're a judge. You couldn't see the impropriety in that? You don't see a possible problem with that? But you're riding on what somebody told you 20 years ago. Oh, you don't have to report that. So you're just going to hang on to that so you can keep getting your little luxury perks. We're not buying it, Judge Thomas. You can also go sit down. Also, I've got the North Dakota lawmakers. Now, check this out. These lawmakers up in North Dakota voted against a free lunch program for low-income people 
Now, the low-income threshold was for people that were 200% or more below the poverty line. Okay? 200% or more below the poverty line, and they voted against it. I'm like, okay, if you're 200% below the poverty line, you are poorer than poor. You are poor. You don't. You can't even afford the O and the R. You're just PO, P-O. And they voted against free lunches in the schools for the kids. But then the week after, this same group of people, Republican-led, turned around and voted to give themselves a raise for more funds for their lunches when they're doing their, you know, doing their mm. job. You would vote to increase your lunch allotment, but you don't want the kids of the families that are 200% below the poverty level to be able to get a free lunch at school. Y'all are some. They want us to stay poor. They want forced people this to stay poor. North Dakota, y'all some scumbags, greedy scumbags. Whoo, that one got me. I said, wait a minute. I didn't even know that that was a thing. 200% below the poverty level? Whew. And you don't want those children to be able to get a free lunch, but you're going to raise the lunch allotment for you, for the lawmakers that block the kids from the free lunch? Y'all are on the very top of the, y'all are on the top of the kiss it list above Marjorie Taylor Greene and Trump. That's how bad y'all need to kiss, kiss it all. Oh God! Anybody else? Who else did we miss? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the man that stole that bus in Pennsylvania with the dead deer in the trunk. Uh, the mm-hmm. Dairy Queen folks out in in uh, where is that? <laughs> Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. trying yeah. to milk milk that situation for yeah, everything they, own, they can and get. And they own thirty four franchises. Yeah. They already rich as hell, and they trying to milk something else. Don't forget Jill Biden. Oh, Jill Biden for trying to bring the losers trying to the to bring White the losers House. to the White House. Well, they're all girls. And then there was a couple of ladies on the news say, yeah, you know what, she's right. They're all girls. Let them all go. Yeah, they got nothing to do with it. I'm like, really? And also, yeah. I don't know if I said Trump. Did you all see the circus? Trump, and, let me say Trump and also the media in the way that they covered Trump's indictment. They covered it like it was such an event, yeah. and all he did was walk into the building, go into court, and then walk out of the building and get back on a plane. He was scared, though. And then he went back to Mar-a-Lago and talked all kind of trash. Yeah, he sure did. He talked so much trash. He said it's a it's a hating judge. His wife is a hater. The judge is a hater. And I was uh, like... Who would get on national TV and talk about a judge you got to go see again? And the wife. Not in the black world. I'm like, like, why are you talking about the judge's wife? Trump. He talked about the judge. He said the judge hates him, that the judge's wife hates him. And I'm like, how did did the wife get dragged in it? I don't know. But, yeah, that indictment, it was a 13-page document. They had all the revelations in there with the hush money paid to Stormy Daniels, the adult film star. Then they said there was all of this, what they call a catch and kill scheme, where basically they had like, what do you call them, like ghost corporations. They were moving money. They were doing all kinds of stuff that he had his lawyers and people doing. 
Then he got these loudmouth lawyers outside the building talking about if his name was anything other than Donald J. Trump, this wouldn't even be going on. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If he was, if now that since he's the ex-president, it wouldn't matter what his name is. Any ex-president going through all of this, yeah, they would still be out there. So you can just relax on that bull. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Anybody else on the kids list for this week? I'm sure there's some more. Oh, I forgot. The the lawmakers in Tennessee that expelled the two brothers, but by one alleged vote, kept the white woman on the uh, council. Y'all full of crap, and y'all are on the kids list for that mess. Uh, I would put I would put the white woman on there too for not going down with them. Y'all was all in that together. Y'all was all speaking strong at the in, on the floor. Then all of a sudden they say them two, and you went back to work and sat down like it was no big deal, watching your coworkers walk out the door fired. That was yeah. some crazy shit. Yeah, that's a point. Okay, well if that's everybody for this week's kiss it list, we have a special prize. Just for everybody on the list, and here it is. Kiss my empire. Welcome back from John Party. One of yours, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. And we are just about out of time, so we're going to go to the last word and wrap it up. Papa Didi, last word. Well, last word is, uh, man, I hope things cool down, you know, the situation in uh, Tennessee with the uh, not only the killings, but all that crap going on in the, in the, in the Congress. I mean, not the Congress, in the council members not getting along and everybody fighting in the chambers and everything. Now they got to do a special election. Everybody needs to cool out, you know what I mean? All they wanted to do was just get some kind of gun law passed, you know? I mean, now if you're so much against that and you just watch people in your own city of Nashville, somebody going there and the girl just shot the gun going through. Then people say they need to lock the doors. Well, this girl shot bullets through the glass. So don't you think it's time to start some kind of dialogue? Because I don't know. It just seemed like they need to go in the right school to get the right attention. I don't know what it's going to take, but uh, they need to stop this. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And my last word is enjoy the holiday weekend. If you can get to the zoo, my people, go to the zoo. Keep the tradition going. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your time with your family. And relax a little bit. It's been enough tension going on out in this world. So take some time and just relax and breathe. That's my last word. Kevin, what's your last word? Well, my last word is 
um, I'm just tired of this killing and everything, especially here in the city, D.C. Um, and our mayor, she needs to get right. She needs to start working towards a plan on how to um, decrease the violence here in the city. Um, she's not doing a good job of that. And, um, yeah, we need to go out there and start protesting on that. But, you know, because enough is enough. I'm just, just tired. Every morning that I wake up, it's always something. All regions of the city and starting to spill over to Virginia as well. So, um, enough is enough. That's my last one. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Closing out one more episode of the Pajama Party Show. Whew. And what a night. Okay. We're going to say goodnight and get on out of here. What a week. Yeah, what a week. All right. Say goodnight, Papa Didi. Goodnight, everybody. Say goodnight, Kettle. Goodnight, and thanks for listening. And goodnight, and we'll do it again next week. Same time same place. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, arrivederci, sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Dabi Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night.